This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. This is the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Christian Eckhart, CEO and co-founder at Customlytics. Christian, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. Okay, let's set the stage first. If you ever had a chance to listen to a conversation of, of marketers, one of the acronyms you hear a lot would be UA or user acquisition. This topic floats in a publisher's mind pretty much from the day one when they conceive an idea for an app and they certainly should think about it. Now, we're all familiar with this conundrum. Not enough of a choice is a problem. Too much of a choice will get you a headache as well. Today, there are lots of marketing channels to acquire users for your mobile app. This is exactly the reason why we have Christian to give us some practical advice. But as always on this show, we're going to be talking about you, Christian, first. Tell us about yourself. How did you get involved into the app marketing field? Absolutely. So I'm Christian. Hey, everyone. Again, thanks, thanks for having me here today. So I got involved into app marketing, I guess, around the year of 2013. So it has been like a good, a good seven years now. When I started as an intern at uh, Delivery Hero here in Berlin, where we're still located with, with our company now, um, Delivery Hero is this yeah kind of popular, uh, not so much startup anymore, more like a unicorn now, that does online food delivery. So you can you can you know, uh, have food delivered to your to your doorstep. And I was starting to work there in, in mobile marketing in, in 2013, which was kind of still the early days of, of mobile apps. And I don't know. Um, instant traffic um, was still a thing and um, I don't know, you, you, you could um, just launch an app and be successful with it with no marketing just because, you know, apps are cool and you had a nice idea. So kind of not exactly how it is today. And I started to work there on the performance marketing side, actually. So I was in performance marketing. I was in charge of the performance marketing for the, uh, the German brands. And uh, I was kind of uh, briefed with the task to go out and acquire users, so user acquisition, much as you already uh, briefly talked about. And very quickly, I've realized that the way we were doing it back in the days was uh, very inefficient because we had no inefficient because we had no proper data to, you know, do any proper optimization, really. And then we got to this point where implementing a tracking solution for the apps was the, the logical thing to do, kind of, and that's what we kind of set out to do. Then once we had that in place, all of the user acquisition could run much more efficiently. We could kind of move on to the next topic, which was, oh, now we have all those users, that's nice, but how do you retain them? So CRM was the next kind of topic to follow after that. Again, we did an assessment, went for a tool, this kind of scenario, then helped rolling it out for all the different apps in, in many different countries. So all in all, I think before we started the company, and by the way, my now co-founder was also working at Delivery Hero, um, so we've kind of worked in the same team. Um, and I think before starting the company, how I would sum it up is that I had a good, you know, I went through the good school of, of touching every aspect of mobile marketing really in Delivery Hero which was a great place to be at the time it still is. And then we kind of, in, I think 2015, 2016, we decided that, oh yeah, um, it's been a good time. People started to invite us on lunches to talk about mobile app stuff. And then we thought, hey, 
Uh, maybe we can maybe we can get <laughs> uh, work a bit on the monetization to get more than lunches out of it. Um, and yeah, that's when we started the company. And we're still small, 20 people, so based here in Berlin. And yeah, built everything up from the ground, no investors or anything. And we are also with Cosmetics now. We're also kind of staying true to the core of what we want to do, which is a mobile marketing infrastructure strategy campaign management or everything everything that's related to making a mobile app successful really i see so you have a pretty um the notion of user acquisition is really close to you because you've been doing this thing for yeah. years yeah. okay so let's lay out the kind of a broad picture of what major user acquisition channels are out there for app developer for app marketers and developers to use so essentially how the mobile advertising industry looks like today is essentially that all of the places where you can generate users, which is the, is the definition of user acquisition, all of these are more or less popular apps that run advertising in the app. So this is kind of, uh, this is kind of the, the, the bigger theme. Of course, there's also the mobile web part where the same thing happens, but it's on a mobile website that also exists. But uh, I think bottom line, the, the, uh, the message is that you have to be where the attention of the user is, as in you have to be in other apps or on mobile websites where a user spends time so that they can consume whatever advertising is showing them. So this is kind of a, kind of a basic common ground for our discussion. And then, well, the, the major channels are kind of deriving from that, like from that exact question of where are users spending time. So the major user acquisition channels for a mobile app are the big apps where users are spending time, namely Facebook. Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all of those kind of companies. And, you know, the more users they have, the more kind of there's this interesting concept of like user attention measured in like time spent in the app. So the, the apps that have the most time spent in them, those are the ones that are the major channels, in other words. So, yeah, broad picture is essentially it's the big social networks that I already told. Of course, there's also search, which is huge still, of course. So they are primarily talking Google. And then there is, I think, as a third meta category, I would say um, there is everything um, that is, well, it's essentially apps that are not as big as a Facebook, so they don't really market um, their inventory um, or like they don't have the resources to market the inventory directly like Facebook does. So this is the area where you know, if you're an app developer and you want to monetize via ads, what you put inside of your app is essentially uh, typically one of those mediation SDKs, which has essentially connections to all the big ad exchanges. Um, and that inventory ends up in the what I would call the programmatic space. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the programmatic space, essentially, as the name already implies, um, you bidding on a certain impression in typically an app that is smaller than, you know, Facebook. And yeah, there's a couple of, a couple of players and of there. Google also being pretty big with their, uh, what was called Edmore previously. So yeah, this is, I think, the, the greater landscape. So kind of three big buckets, a social search and the rest networks, programmatic advertising. Do you think the influencers as the marketing channel kind of a good addition to the mix? Because uh, I know uh, many app developers, uh, particularly big powerhouses, are in touch with influencers when they need to get a boost on the uh, marketing app for the app brand to get a recognition, to get attraction. What do you think? No, absolutely. Uh, for me, this is part of like social media. So when I say, I know I only kind of talked about ads on, on Facebook, but then when we're talking about paid social, um, influences are definitely a, an important factor in this. Um, heavily depending on the product, of course. 
But yes, of course, it's another form of advertising, so to say, on the on the big major social networks, which is very which can be like very legitimate for your UA strategy. Of course, tracking is always a bit funny with that. So of course, <laughs> oh, yeah. we also have, we also have um, a lot of clients that are engaging in activities like this. Uh, also, the, also always the question like, hey, how can you measure this? Can we make sure that people click on this tracking link if we can even put it? Stuff like this. So that's a bit more complicated, but there's no, there's like genuine reason why they can, like why influencers charge like uh, quite good amounts for their placements for sure. Right. Now, obviously there's a notion of a life cycle for an app. When you're launching an app on the App Store and like an initial takeoff, uh, and yeah. there's a certain sense uh, what kind of channels you're using in this stage. And then this is a kind of a marathon you're running uh, as you need to grow your user base, you uh, start adding other channels. And then at some point you have to think about like, okay, what's the strategy to adding even more channels when you see that the previous ones are depleting. So what channels would you suggest to use in different stages of apps lifecycle? Very solid question. Also one that we get asked um, very frequently in, in client talks and like workshops when we talk about a good marketing strategy for mobile app. So the the generic answer to that is that you should be starting with the mainstream channels. And when I say mainstream channels, I mean the channels that have the um, the biggest reach, the biggest uh, amount of inventory. Um, so um, they will have access to when you compare the different user acquisition channels that we've also talked about already and like the you know paid, paid social which consists of bigger social networks and smaller social networks what you will always see is that the more users that they those guys have in their apps the more ad inventory of course they can sell and our suggestion when you are starting off uh, with an app and in the, especially in that critical kind of first phase where it's really like you know you starting from zero monthly active users zero mau this is the point where we would always say yep start with the mainstream channels the mainstream channels are google facebook apple search ads which I didn't mention before, but also, of course, important when you talk search. And then from there, kind of um, work your way down um, the ladder of, you know, major channels. So, you know, after Facebook, you maybe start with the, well, Facebook kind of including Instagram. Um, you start with this, you you move on to the the smaller and smaller social, say social providers, for example. So this is what we would, what we would always recommend. The reason for this is that because they have the biggest audience size, mm-hmm. the especially with a new brand, that's why I'm saying when you're starting from zero MAU, especially with a new brand, the first users that you're getting will be super cheap because they don't know the brand. They have access to a huge inventory. Many users are in there. Also, they have the biggest variety in users that you can get. So Mm -hmm. all in all, what you will see is that those channels will be cheaper on a cost per install, but also cost per action typically uh, view than the more niche ones. And that's essentially what I'm saying. Start with the mainstream ones and then work your way down to the more niche ones. Um, That can make a lot of sense if the target group is matching with the target group of your business. So, for example, TikTok, we all know, a very young audience group. If that is exactly what you're looking for, or like if that's exactly the target group of your business, well, awesome. Then that's a clear indication to maybe do that a bit earlier than you would in the traditional scenario. But generally speaking, it's start with the big channels and then move your way down to the smaller ones. Also, because what would happen is that if your media budget grows, and you start putting more money into the the mainstream channels, what will happen is that you, like there's just saturation going on. 
And once you reach a point where you spend significant amounts, also it will get more expensive. So that's the point where then it becomes like for the first time, even interesting to look at other channels that will be more expensive from the beginning. Mm -hmm. But since you have now scaled Google and Facebook already to a point where it has become more expensive on a cost per install, cost per action basis, then is the point to look into other channels. So this is kind of, I think, top level, what we would always say. All right. Now we're talking about user acquisition and obviously such notions as optimization and KPIs or key performance indicators are essential notion, essential notions that you have to focus on if you want to execute your user acquisition strategy efficiently. You need to optimize, you need to iterate with the yeah. kind of creatives you're using, using different channels, measuring uh, data you're acquiring to plan your, your actions down the road. So what strategies should app marketers execute to optimize their UA campaign and any KPIs to be focused on? Uh, and finally, perhaps you can lay on the table some kind of short list of mistakes people do when it comes to optimizing their UI campaign. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think just the set of KPIs is probably not the, the so exciting part because that's pretty, I mean, you know, online marketing has been going on for very long already. And some KPIs, of course, have changed due to the fact that now we are talking about mobile apps. But in general, I think the KPIs are pretty much common sense. So when we, talk about, when we start with the metrics in paid advertising, the first thing you have is the impression. A small subset of users will make it from the impression to actually clicking on your ad. Another small set of, of a small, another small subset of those users that click the ad will make it to actually installing the app. Like all of them will land in the app store, but not all of them will um, install the app. This is the part where you can help with app store optimization a bit. And then even less people will then end up using the app and even less people will end up doing whatever conversion goal that you have. So this is kind of the, the value chain of, of online marketing really. And I guess the KPIs that we're looking at are, as I said, it's pretty much common sense by now. You look at the conversion rates between different things. So the, the first conversion rate is the one from impression to click. That's a click-through rate. Um, the next one is the one from click to install. That's, I think, just generally called the click to install conversion rate. And then you have another conversion rate that's from install to whatever purchase you might have or just usage of the app. And I think there's not, you know, no big revelations on that. I think... What's kind of in more interesting or like, you know, because you were asking for also for a bit like, you know, common mistakes. What's more interesting here to understand is what is actually influencing all those different metrics or KPIs where actually every, every of these KPIs has like different things that can influence them. In a lot of cases, it's also like cross influencing. So you do one thing it helps with one KPI, but it, it's worse than the other. So. To give you an example that's maybe maybe uh, helpful. So, for example, the the sure. first conversion rate, the one from uh, impression to click, um, also called the click through rate. Um, this conversion rate is well essentially only really kind of dependent on the attractivity of your um, your ad, so your creative. If it's a very attractive creative, if it's very like interesting for users, they will click on it. So that's a KPI that you can essentially influence by having better creatives. If we think about the next step, the one after you know, you've got them to click, but then they land in the app store, this part is not so much relating to the, the ad creative anymore, a small portion of it is because a user would expect something that's kind of in line with what he or she saw in the ad. But there, the biggest level really is app store optimization, where you optimize the appearance of your 
app in the store so that you minimize the kind of the friction, the loss of users um, that land on your app store page to users that are actually installing. So very different, very different thing to do. Like app store optimization is kind of the, the main, the main part. And when I say app store optimization, then I primarily mean the visual stuff because only the visual stuff will have to be, will have a big impact on, um, on the conversion rate in the store. Um, and then later on, the conversion rate from a user that has installed the app to a user actually making a purchase is again dependent on very different things. This is then very dependent on the product. Is the product working well? How is the user experience in the app? This kind of things. So what I'm saying essentially is that I think the biggest the revelation here is that you have to understand that depending on the setup of your company, you will only have influence on, you know, a few of the, the KPIs or metrics, and you should understand how they kind of, you know, what is actually driving them, what you have to change to increase this or that metric. This is, I guess, my top-level answer to this. Right. So when you're planning your app, uh, app user acquisition campaign, you have to think through what actually is going on when somebody's you know, picking up the phone, opening an app, see an ad for your application, yeah. clicking on it, and uh, like each stage of this journey from the actually just seeing your ad to fulfilling any particular action inside your app. What's going on on each of those stages and how you can influence the situation to convert that specific app user that person who clicked the ad to become your user and hopefully a loyal user. All right, so obviously at some point you you may see that the numbers you're getting from the channels you're using, the number of downloads you're getting, their quality, I mean, how loyal these people are, kind of, you, you measure retention, and you see that there's a need to add one more channel uh, or more. So. How should I wet properly uh, this new channel to make sure I'm not going to be, you know, spending my budget that that is not that big anyway, and I need to be yeah. very careful with spending every dollar or cent or mm. euro I'm I'm spending on it. So how do I, um, yeah. how do I wet properly a new channel? Yeah, uh, actually, I guess a pretty pretty tough one. Well, I think it starts with a really like in depth assessment of whatever channel you're looking into adding to your mix as mm-hmm. in you go there and you look at okay what are the users that are using this particular you know where where's the traffic coming from what are the users if it's like i don't know uh, tiktok um yeah. which users are using tiktok understand this part um then the second thing kind of understand what creative options i have especially the major like the the mainstream major channels that we've discussed before facebook instagram google they offer like plenty of plenty of room for different creatives and it's always like it's always kind of for me sad to see when i see companies that are spending significant amounts in ua and then they have this you know one banner set in three sizes that they just uploaded to google facebook and to other channels um completely ignoring that there is like custom possibilities with each channel for creatives um so that's the second thing i think to really understand and then the the third one is probably to you know um make sure that the the tracking and everything works look into um how you are measuring the new channel what has to be set up there um uh, if we're talking more about apps then probably are using one of the the mmps the mobile measurement partners to set up the connection to whatever channel it is or if there is no connection use the the regular tracking links and then yeah uh, start with a smallish uh, budget um then day to day try to optimize it and i think um 
depending on the performance that you see there, um, that will give you an answer to kind of, you know, how to proceed and what to do next. And I guess what we would always recommend doing then is um, after some time has passed, do an analysis that we always call the, well, I think influencer report is probably the right name for it. It's not related uh-huh. to social media influencers. Um, it's related yeah. to how many touch points with other channels have there been before I had the last touch point with whatever channel I'm using now um, that actually got the attribution and led to the install. Because what we like, you know, in, in on, on mobile devices, same as like with outdoor advertising, we are living in a like, you know, a crazy world with hundreds, 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 thousands of ads being at least shown to us. Not all of them we can consume, but at least shown to us um, on a daily basis. So in almost all of those analyses that we do, we see that there's many touch points before a user finally converts with some kind of last click attribution model where the last click then kind of gets the attribution but there's been like five other touch points before. And this is a healthy exercise to look at for any new channel that you add to understand if this is actually giving you incremental users, so users that um, don't have that many touch points before, so that are actually generally um, installing your app because of that channel, or if it's a channel that has very high amount of installs that were having other touch points before with other channels. Because there you can already be sure that well, at least the, you know, the awareness part, the the part where a user is like, oh, well, this product exists, was not done by the channel that you're testing, which is typically getting the the full last click attribution. So this is, I think, a healthy exercise to do. All right. So attribution is essential and uh, start small and be cautious. Just uh, do testing. Make sure that's, that it's actually working and it's working as, as, an, as it intended to be. Uh, yeah. You mentioned TikTok briefly, so uh, I guess none of the con- you know conversation about marketing these days can be can completed without mentioning TikTok. So it's a superstar as a platform, as an advertising platform. So what are your thoughts on how brands should launch ad campaigns on this new platform, and how's it different from uh, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat in terms of running ad campaigns? It's very interesting. I think a prime example of, uh, like TikTok is a prime example of why it's so interesting and kind of exciting to work in this like mobile industry, even after like 10 plus years after the launch of the app stores, because stuff like this just comes up and then, and it changes kind of parts of the game at least. So TikTok is very interesting. As you've already said, it's kind of a new channel that's a bit kind of on the rise. Um, I think. We're really also raising the question because uh, very recently they have launched for the first time ever their self-serve um, advertising platform, um, which is yet again uh, changing everything. Like this is this is this is how um, a small niche channel where only agencies can book in stuff with you know faxing over an IO for a certain amount of impressions, um, mm-hmm. and then kind of this transition to being self-serve, being like the Facebooks and Googles and Twitters, this is like, you know, uh, the, the, the big step towards becoming a mainstream channel even. So very, very interesting to see. We are having actually a few customers lined up now. Uh, we were just about to start the first campaigns there. TikTok has already been big on the influencer side and on the, you know, the the side where for some brands it already, or like it, it always already made sense to have a TikTok presence, um, not talking ads, more talking like having a page there or a profile there. 
but now everything is changing because they are indeed launching uh, paid ads via the self-serve platform, which again was not available before. So yeah, very interesting stuff. I think in, to answer the question of how is it different to uh, the mainstream channels is that, well, it has an even younger uh, target group. So if we are talking like, you know, teenagers, then this is the place to be. And if that's in line with, with what you want to achieve as a brand, then TikTok is the way to go. It's like from the the big social media platforms, it's one of the youngest uh, demographic for sure. I guess probably the next higher up would then be Snapchat and the one above that, probably Instagram and then above that, probably Twitter and that probably Facebook. Um, so yeah. Uh, where Facebook is already the, the pretty old people. So yeah, this is exciting. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how TikTok is is uh, striving as a like advertising platform. And I hope that they don't get into more, you know, politically motivated trouble. So yeah, let's see. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely see. Now we're in this uh, section of the show when I'm asking a few quick questions to my guests to paint a better picture of who they are. So here are the questions. Are you iOS or Android person? iOS. All right. One more iOS person on the show. Uh, what was your first mobile phone? Oh, definitely Alcatel. It was well, it was very strangely looking. It had a like a black and white display, very low resolution. <sighs> One of the early Alcatel models, really. Um, far away from uh, that was probably in like I don't know, nineteen. Um, maybe it was already 2000, I guess. So yeah, um, long time ago, some Alcatel, I could, I could figure out the type. <laughs> All right. Uh, what is your favorite app now? The thing is, well, realistically, it's one of the messaging apps, probably WhatsApp, because it's just so useful. And it's like the, it has kind of become such a, so much of a standard to use if you want to communicate with people outside of iOS. Uh, but it's kind of boring. So let me see. Let me actually open up my phone. Probably from a usability perspective or like a business model that's kind of digital now that was very analog. I would say uh, it's parked now, which is um, if um, you're parking your car somewhere on the street and um, the the city is charging for you know the parking. Um, then in the in the good old days, you had to go to some machine, have cash with you or like coins even to get a parking ticket um, and you can do it with an app now there's plenty of them around it's also not a new concept um, but for somebody that's still uh, kind of uh, into driving by car even in Berlin that's pretty useful so park now all right any app technologies that you're waiting for so something on the horizon you're waiting for your app the apps on your phone to become more useful what are you waiting for in terms of app technologies I think the biggest technological change because i do really believe that it's changing the mechanics of how apps are distributed which by the way is super old-fashioned it's like you know um, some monopolistic store that you have to go to and then you have to download a package and it takes some time depending on your network connection so that's all very old-fashioned so the technology that i'm looking forward to most is and both apple and google are working on this is this notion of well i think google is calling it app streaming on um on ios it will be those uh App clips, I think, mm -hmm. um, as, as they were called with iOS 14. So the general notion of having either the entire app or part of the app available without downloading it the old way from the App Store is what kind of gets me excited. Because again, I think this is going to blur the line a lot between good mobile web experiences, which already do exist, and app experiences uh, to a point where maybe at some point we'll be sitting there 
and we will not even, or like the general user will not even be able to tell the difference anymore. And this is, I think, an exciting change. All right, great. Uh, that was actually my last question. But before I let you go, how can people know more about what you do? I think the best way to kind of uh, learn more about what we do and also actually get a great introduction about many, many topics in, in mobile marketing is by moving over to our website, which is uh, customlytics.com. And then in the top right corner, there's a little button that's called the Mobile Developer Guide. And the Mobile Developer Guide is a little book that we wrote not so long ago together with a befriended app development company that has, again, great content on a lot of like topics around um, mobile marketing, including apps optimization, tracking, user acquisition, retargeting, CRM, all of that. It's free. You can download a PDF version or if you fancy and you don't live um, at the, the end of the world, we will also send you a physical copy for free. Um, so um, I think that's, right. a, that's a great read. It's free. It's a nice little community project that we did. And I think that's probably the best way to learn, learn more about what we do. Sounds awesome. Great. Uh, so thanks a lot for your time and coming on, on our podcast, Christian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. And that was Christian Eckhart, CEO and co-founder at Customlytics. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you'll be able to get new episodes in your smartphone, tablet, and computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. See you next week. Bye. This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.